Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study here on Thursday morning, June the 20th, 2019. This is Romans chapter 7, part 9. And I'm excited to be here with the Word of God today and with you. And if you're watching this later on the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, uh, I just want to let you know that you could be watching live every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page, which we're broadcasting live right now on that page. And later it's uploaded to those places. And also there is an app called Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Just go in there and type in my name, Curtis Hutchinson, or for those who have ears to hear, that's my channel on there. And uh, you can find these teachings. And every Friday morning at 9 a.m. at this present time, we're teaching on righteousness, a phenomenal series going on. God is blessing us with uh, the illumination of his word concerning his righteousness. And I'm just so thankful to be a part of this reformation that God is, is doing in the church today, bringing his people, that remnant of his, back to faith and grace, back to faith in the cross of Jesus Christ alone. 500 years ago, it was me and John Huss and John Wycliffe and planning the way and driving, you know, the plow and, and, and Martin Luther comes along and, and a reformation takes place where people begin to realize God's word uh, is truth and, and, and that we're saved and justified by faith alone without any works on our part. Jesus taught the works of God for us to be able to do is simply to believe upon him. Hallelujah. And now we've stepped into, by the grace and the Spirit of God, another reformation started about 22, 23 years ago that we are now, some of us are hearing that we're not only justified by faith in the sacrifice of Christ alone, but we're sanctified daily, victorious, power, living, all only comes through faith in the cross as well, only. And, and we are in that. God is doing that. God is in the days of Mo Moses coming down off the mountain and crying out to a, 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 a nation full of calf, golden calf builders. Who's on the Lord's side? That same call is going out today. Praise God. And people are coming out from among the golden calf builders today. It's not literally gold and a big idol. It's the purpose driven. It's the government of 12. It's the words you speak. Hear me very clearly. It's whatever you think you have to do to have the power of God instead of simply believing God's word which says it is the preaching of the cross that is the power of God to us who are saved but to those who are perishing it is foolishness. And I hope you heard that today. We're here for you to be a blessing to you to help those hear the Lord today. It's important you hear the Lord and we're going to see some things today in our teaching that I hope you'd get your Bibles and your pencil, your paper, take notes, and the Lord's going to bless you today. Don't forget to pray for our Bible uh, into the inmates program. We mail six expositor study Bibles every single week to inmates in prison. We are up to 986 as of this week.
Uh, that's a four years worth. And, uh, and also pray for our new church that we are planting in Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, we've been meeting since November. We're praying for a pastor. Pray with us about that. We need a cross-eyed, true, spirit-filled, gospel-preaching pastor in Wichita Falls, Texas. And just to be clear on what we mean by gospel, we mean the message of the cross. We mean opening God's Word and allowing the Holy Spirit to minister through them to point everyone to Calvary. Hallelujah. And that's what we're talking about. So pray with us about that church. Pray with us uh, about a pastor and a building there. Right now we're meeting at the Hampton Inn at 4217 Kemp Boulevard. So pray with us about that. Praise God. Excited to be here. And if anything ever happens to our technology during these recordings, you can go to that Spreaker app because I'm recording just the audio of that live every time I minister now, no matter where I'm at. Uh, so that we will have at least the audio if something happens to the video. So God bless you. Thanks for tuning in today. Romans chapter 7. And we're going to start today in verse 8. Not going to stay there. Going to move on from there because we were there the last couple of sessions and we've got to move on. But before we move on, let's kind of back up and scratch our foot here in verse 8 before we take off. And remember, when we see the word sin here, it's not talking about committing an act of sin, the verb. It's talking about the sin nature, that person, that old man that we were before we were born again that was made dormant when we accepted Christ by faith in his death at Calvary. Faith in his death for the atonement, the forgiveness of our sins and, and our being made just before God is what crucified the old man, the sin nature with Christ, made dormant. But the sin nature exists just like the devil was defeated. He still exists. Nothing is totally annihilated and gone forever, but the enemy was defeated at Calvary. The sin nature was defeated at Calvary. The flesh was defeated at Calvary. But these things still exist. And as long as you and I keep our faith in Christ and His work, His death at Calvary, the sin nature remains dormant, will not be able to dominate us any longer, praise God because we're under grace and not law. If we go back to trusting anything for anything other than Christ and what he did at Calvary, the sin nature begins to dominate us again. Watch this now, verse 8. But the sin nature taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, for without the law sin was dead. Talking about the sin nature. There was still sin. Men were dying all those years between Adam and Moses before the law came. Men were still dying in their sins before there was law. We don't need law to sin. We're, just, we're sinners. We're sinners. You know, and, and, and you have to think about Adam in the Garden of Eden. Adam didn't have a sin nature, and yet he still sinned. Think about that. He became sin. He became the, that man that was dead in his sins when he disobeyed God. But before that, he didn't have a sin nature. He didn't have something that came to life. God didn't create man with a sin nature. We took on the nature of sin. 
We took on the nature. When we disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden, we took on the nature of our father, of our daddy, which became the devil, the father of lies. We believed the lie he told. We took on his nature, the sin nature. Think about that. That's something to be thinking about. But when Jesus died on the cross and you placed faith in him, that old man was crucified and put away. Not annihilated, not vanished forever like some preachers preach. And we'll see this very thing being confirmed in the scriptures right here. Watch this now. Paul says in verse 9, I love this. For I was alive without the law once. That's not talking about before he was born again. Because before you're born again, you're dead in your sins. Mm. Think about that. The only time Paul in his life was without the law was once he got born again and was no longer under the law but under grace. He was alive now in Christ without the law. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, that's good news. Paul here is not writing of his time before he was born again because before he was born again, he was never alive under the law. You're dead in your sins. The Bible says that. Watch this. I've got it written right here in a note. Let's turn over there and look at it. Ephesians 5, 8. For you were sometimes, that means at one time, darkness. We weren't just in the dark as sinners. The Bible says we were the darkness. What makes darkness? Not talking about physical nighttime. What makes the world dark? Sin. We were not just sinners. We were sin. Watch this. You were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And Ephesians 2 and 1 says, And you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. This speaks of after Paul's born again experience. We need to know that. For Paul... When he was born again, when he accepted Christ as the Lord, the Savior, the one God had promised to sin, he was alive without the law because the law can't make you alive. The law can't save. Only Jesus can save. Only Jesus can give life because he is the life, John 14, 6. So think about it. Put it into perspective. It's kindergarten if you understand the cross a little bit. Nobody will ever understand everything about what actually took place at Calvary because it is phenomenal beyond human understanding. What I mean is all of it, but we can see enough in the Word today to know how to be saved and how to live saved in victory if we'll just believe it. But Paul says, I was alive without the law once. Watch. But when the commandment came, that means when he turned back to the law, and he did. Because as you read this, he goes on to say, when I wanted to do good, I couldn't, and when I, when I didn't want to do bad, I couldn't stop doing it. Listen, that's what happens to folks under law. The sin nature dominates under law because the flesh is in operation. In Romans 8 and 8, remember we brought it out Monday on Monday's session, that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Well, what is the only thing that can please God? It's impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews chapter 11. It's impossible, not hard. 
impossible to please God without faith. So when you put that together with Romans 8 and 8, that they that are in the flesh cannot please God, that means as long as we're trusting in anything our flesh is doing, even our gifts and our talents and the things we have of God, if we're trusting in them and not the work of Christ at Calvary, God's not pleased. Faith in anything other than the cross of Christ, His death I speak of, is God can't be pleased. And I know many people say, well, that's just not true, Pastor. We've, we've got a whole Bible full of the Word to believe. It's not just about the cross in that very act. It, we've got all the Bible to believe. And, and, you know, you can't just be hung up on the cross. You, you, that's what they say. You have to, we've got a whole Bible that we can put faith in. Let me make sure we understand something this morning. If my faith is not in Christ and Him crucified, then my faith is not in the Bible. I may say it is. I may even be preaching messages, quoting Scripture, but everything has to pass through the blood. Every line, every jot, every tittle, every chapter, every verse. How do I know that? Because God says in Proverbs 8 and 8, all the words of his mouth are in righteousness. They are truth. God speaks truth, but all the words he's ever spoken are in righteousness. Think about that. In righteousness. And Romans 1, 16 and 17 says that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. Think about that. Romans chapter 5, verse 9, I believe it is, says that the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. God's Word, even believed, believed, but outside of the context of the gospel, is someone holding God's truth in an unrighteous manner. Somebody's listening to me today, and that's why there's been no power in your life. That's why there's been nothing but religion and you've used the Bible. You've used the Bible for years. You've quoted scripture but there's just been something missing. This is it. You won't have to search any longer after you accept, acknowledge this truth that you were just given. All God's words he's ever spoken are in righteousness. And his righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 17. And 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, He that knew no sin became our sin offering that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now there we, we're back to the cross. So there you have your confirmation. Jesus said in John 5, 39 and 40, the scriptures are about him. Search the scriptures. You think you have life in the scriptures, but they are they which testify of me. So it's not the cross and the word. Hear me this morning. It's the word of the cross at all times. Everybody who's involved in all these things and they're trusting in what they're doing, their faith is not in Christ and what he did at Calvary. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it could be good news if you'll let God deliver you today. But if your faith is not in the work of Christ at Calvary, your faith is not in the Christ of the Bible. 
Paul the apostle said they'd come preaching another Jesus, another gospel of another spirit. Do we actually think that just happens to everybody but us? No. 99.9% of all the church, all true Christians today, are listening to messages that are not in their righteous context. Preachers that point to what you have to do if you want victory in your life instead of simple childlike faith in the cross. They think that preaching the cross is foolishness. That won't work. We're beyond that. They may not say that. They probably believe, Some of them do say that. But, but that's because they're perishing and their ministries are perishing and, and people are not going to church anymore and, 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 and they're getting burned out. They're getting burnt out because they don't understand the power of God is in the preaching of the cross. God said it, we'll cling to it, and we'll have the fire. Hallelujah. So watch this. Paul says in verse 9, Romans chapter 7, For I was alive without the law once when he was saved. He was alive without the law because the law didn't make him alive. Christ made him alive. Hallelujah. But when the commandment came, that means when he turned back to the commandment before he learned to keep his faith, to maintain his faith, to fight the good fight of faith, which is not against sin, not against people, not against the devil. My fight and my only fight is to make sure my faith is not moved from the work of Christ at Calvary. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because that in that is my life and all things from God to me. And if I have anything to offer God, it must go back through my faith in Christ and His sacrifice. Christ as the Redeemer. Praise God. Watch this. But when the commandment came, sin revived. Notice that word sin there again is the Strong's number G266. And again, it is the word sin, not as committing an act of sin, the verb but the noun, the sin nature, revived. says it right here. The sin nature revived and I died. That means I begin to have the fruit unto death again. Think about that. I be, it, listen, it, listen to me. It makes no difference the outer show that men, women, and children put on. And it may be real to them, real tears, broken hearts. But Peter meant with all his heart that I'll go with you, Jesus, even if it's unto my death. But then he denied him. So listen, outer shows, they don't mean a thing. God sees the heart. And God deals with the heart. And the heart of man communicates to God. The outer experiences are not necessarily our serving God. Because the church in Sardis, Revelation chapter 3 verses 1 through 6, they had a name they were alive. They had a reputation that they really had it going on. But Jesus told them they were dead. And they better get back to the place they could hear and receive and repent. Think about that. The, the fruit is unto death. That means the manifestation in, in God's eyes is that we're no longer in fellowship with Him if we're under the law. And even, even if, and notice I'm saying if, even if the child of God doesn't literally go back under law because the Bible says we're under grace, we can... 
go back and live as though we are under law. The law is what you think you have to do to get in the kingdom. The law <coughs> excuse me, is what you think you have to do to have the provision and the power of God instead of simple faith in what Christ did to provide it for you, all of it for you, freely without you working for it, without you thinking you can earn it. Hallelujah. That's called grace. That's called what God does in Christ. Praise the Lord. So watch this. Paul says, I was alive without the law once. It's when I accepted Christ. But when the commandment came, when some preacher told me, I got to do these three things to find deliverance, have deliverance in my life, the sin nature revived. I began to be dominated. And I died. That means I begin to manifest, bear the fruit of death again. A Christian can do that. We can bear the fruit, not in everybody else's life. My Lord, everybody in town might think we're the most holy and spiritual person in town, but it's not what they think. It's what God thinks, and He thinks according to the words He's spoken. God's words are God's thoughts to you. What are words? They're thoughts spoken. God's word is how God thinks. And we better be more concerned about how God thinks about the matter than how everybody else in the community thinks about the matter. That's why it's so important that you get up and get out from among those who are not preaching the message of Christ and Him crucified. Because God doesn't honor the best they can do. God doesn't honor the whatever, and I've heard too many preachers say this and it's wrong. God doesn't honor just that little bit of what they know if it's wrong. He does honor that little bit of what they know if it is pointing people to the Word and to the cross. If it's outside of that, God does not honor anything wrong. He's not pleased without faith. And the law, the Bible says, is not of faith. And anything not of faith, the Bible says, is sin. God never honors sin. He never honors the sin nature. Think about that. That's pretty powerful. Glory to God. This is good stuff this morning. I hope that you would join me in the effort to get these teachings out. Share them on social media. People need to be learning the Word of God. So many preachers, and I've already said this, but so many preachers are teaching that Paul wrote this. I, I can't do what I need, know I need to be doing, and I'm not doing what I know I need to be doing, and I can't stop doing that which I don't want to do, and all these When he was lost, he wasn't writing about when he was lost. He was writing about the same predicament all Christians have had at some point in their lives. We call it the Romans 7 experience. When you get saved, you want to live for God, but then you don't really know that you have to keep your faith in the sacrifice. As long as you do, you're on the right path. You're experiencing God. The fruit is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of His righteousness. But the moment you begin to think that you have to work, and do this or get involved in that program. Celebrate recovery, the AA. If I, you know, people, people's faith gets put in those things. People's faith, our faith, my faith was moved 
from the sacrifice of Christ, not for what saved me and got me in the kingdom. I would have never told you anything different, but I was searching after that. Yes, I'm saved on my way to heaven, but now we're searching for that which God will honor and give us the provision of his power. Deliverance from these things that hinder all Christians, whatever that might be for you. Nobody's perfect. That means we've all got issues. That means we still need a Savior. We still need deliverance. And we're looking, if we have a heart for God, for what that is that delivers. It's Jesus and what he did at Calvary. It's not us doing something for deliverance. That's law. Working for it. Working. God doesn't honor our works. He only honors what he's doing in and through us. That's his works. Ephesians 2.10 were his workmanship. Praise God. So you need, we need to understand these things. And the only people on the planet in the church who can understand these things are, are the children of God who have their faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Remember, Jesus is the light, but the cross is the light switch. You move your faith from what Christ did at Calvary, the light goes out, my friend. The eyes go blind. Peter wrote it in 2 Peter 1 verse 9. We can go blind again. So let's read this. This is good stuff to me. I'm excited this morning. This is really, really good stuff for me. I'm asking God every day, Lord, fill me with your spirit and fill me with your word. And he will do that. For I was alive, Paul said, without the law once, talking about when he was born again, because he was never alive. He was dead in his sins before he was alive in Christ. But when the commandment came, and, and you might be saying, no, Paul lived according to the law and all this, that, and the other. Listen, Paul's faith was in what he was doing. It wasn't in Christ, because when Christ came, he persecuted those whose faith was in Christ. Think about that. He was dead in sins. Only when he accepted Christ did he live without the law. It's just good stuff. But when the commandment came, sin, the sin nature revived. See, at one point, the sin nature was put away. When? When he became alive in Christ. The sin nature was made dormant, put away. Now the new man, the new creation in Christ, the new man can serve God in righteousness and holiness, that in which he was created, Ephesians 4.24. Somebody said, glory to God, hallelujah. Woo, I feel good this morning. This is good stuff. This is what the church needs to know and come back to and be sitting under every single week, planted in a church where these, these things are taught. Listen, I was alive without the law once because you, because you can't live with it. You can't live by it. But when the commandment came, the sin nature revived and I died. That don't mean he physically died because here he is writing this letter about himself. It means he began to manifest and bear the fruits of that separation again with God. Not that he was lost again, but he was out of fellowship. Well, that can't happen, brother. Well, you need to read Galatians 1 and 6. We, you know, we can remove ourselves from him. All we've heard all our lives is praise God. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. And we quote that, but we have never been taught. Few have been taught 
that you can remove yourself from him. Galatians 5, 1 through 4, you can fall from grace where Christ can no longer profit you or affect you. What's that mean? That means you're not experiencing life. And if you're not experiencing life, you're experiencing death, which means separated for a Christian, at least in your fellowship with God. It means you're no longer abiding in him. And you can become that. Read Revelations chapter 3, just the first six verses. Forget what somebody might tell you. Just read those six verses in Revelation chapter 6. It is to the church and believe it and watch what God will begin to change. But let's, let me tell you this. We're, we're about out of time, a couple minutes. If you're not willing to grow, I'm not talking about accepting something that's not in the Word but I am talking about growing with an acceptance of God's word in a new light other than what your granddaddy and daddy have hung on to all those years and traditions have removed the power from God's word for you. You have to believe the Lord and his word over preachers, over mothers, fathers. That's why Jesus taught, if you let anybody get in between me and you, you cannot be my disciple. If you value more your mother, more your father, more your preacher, son, daughter, mama, daddy, anybody that would prevent you from growing in the truth, you cannot be the disciple of Christ. He taught that. If what you've held dear to, and you know that you know that you know in your heart, every time you read a certain scripture, what you've been taught all your life doesn't really go along with what that still small voice in you, that's the Holy Spirit, is trying to get you to see. Show He is showing you, but you keep running back and clinging to relationships. What would they think? I better not bring that up. What are they going to say? Listen, you have to go through that to grow. You may have to leave your denomination. Most need to. A lot of families are going to have problems. Jesus taught that. He said, look, I didn't come to bring peace but a sword. And your enemies sometimes are going to be those in your own house. Father, sons, fathers, daughters, mothers. All. It's going to be an issue because when those grab a hold of the truth of God's word and begin to grow, those that refuse to see God's word in a brighter light, not a different light, but the brighter light of Christ, a way that we can grow, which is Christ and Him crucified by the power of God's Holy Spirit, if we're not willing to grow, but we just want to stay in that little clad, that little group, and there's no power there. There's no power there. Some of you listening to me have not been changed in years. You might say you have, but you know you haven't. And if you're following Christ, you're being changed. I'm not talking about the hardships you go through. I'm talking about you being changed for the praise and the glory of God, bearing forth His fruits. It's time. Today is the day. And God's mercies are new and tender today. And they will be tomorrow if tomorrow comes. 
We're out of time. I encourage you to join us every Monday and Thursday morning for this Romans Bible study. Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time for the teaching on righteousness. Wednesday nights at 6.40 for our worship services. Sunday morning, 10 a.m. right here in Queen City, Texas. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. I love you. God bless you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you next time.